We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one, one podcast. Hear my true stories. Yes, hello, our dear listeners. Thank you so much for being part of the Hear My True Story podcast. Yes, it is another week, and we have a wonderful guest from Kampala, Uganda. And we are excited today to talk about so many interesting things, yeah? Yeah, stay on this podcast and get to know who is our special guest of the week. Let me first do this. This week's special guest on your podcast. Hear My True Story. Yes, our dear guest, uh, Kagai, thank you so much for joining us on the Hear My True Story podcast. Yes, please, um, I'm, ro- I'm really, really excited to have you today, and I don't know what I can say, but could you please maybe introduce yourself to our dear listeners and they get to know you. Who are you? Otoko, thank you so much for having me. I'm equally excited to be featuring on the podcast this week. My name is Kagai Ngovi. And I am a poet. That is what I do for a living. Wow. You are a poet yeah. and that's what you do for a living. Oh, anyway. Yes. So, how dear listeners, today we have a poet from Kampala, Uganda, East Africa, Africa. Wow. I'm so excited. And you are not just uh, a poet in Kampala, Uganda, East Africa, Africa. You have done so many projects around the globe. I'm sure yes. the audience will get to know that later in our conversation. So mm. I would like to ask you a very simple question. What is your personal story behind you being a poet? What made you, what's the moment, what's the spark that made you to move into poetry as a person? Uh, <laughs> that is a very long story, but it was the... It was my first visit at the Uganda National Theatre. Uh, simply put it, a friend invited me for a poetry show. I had never heard of a poetry show. I was in third year, uh, studying law. The plan was to be a lawyer. And then my friend tells me, let's go to the National Theatre and watch this, this group of people called London Meet of Poets, reciting poetry. And uh, I walked into that hall wanting to be a lawyer. I walked out of it wanting to be a poet. I, I, I understood that, that uh, poetry is 
is what I want to do. And yeah, simply that is that is how I started. I joined a group, I started writing, I started performing, and after my degree, I this is what I wanted to do. Uh, and and I was lucky that I could start writing and performing still at the Uganda National Theatre, and and yeah, try to make it a career. Simply put it, that is how I started. Okay, thank you so much. So your moment was when you visited the Uganda National Culture Centre and you mm. got exposed to the poetry as an art. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yes. And then you decided to be a poet. But are, are you just yes. a poet or do you do other forms of art? No, of course I do other forms of art. Uh, but for me, first and foremost, I am a poet. But, you know, where we grew up, we did have role models to show us how poets make, li- make a living. And so I have also doubled into other artistic expressions, but all this to help support my poetry career. For example, uh, we noted that we needed audiences. We needed poets, needed, we needed to bring audiences into theater or into venues to watch our shows. So I became a teacher you know, and a poetry coach in secondary schools you know, to popularize the culture of poetic expression. And then I also realized that we didn't have publishers. Yes, they were there, but most of them were not interested in publishing poetry. And even those ones who are interested in publishing poetry, they were really not interested in, in growing the, the reputation of poetry, but rather than that of literature. So I became a publisher. And, and that's how we started Kitara Nation, uh, you know, our, the Kitara Nation Publishing House. So I am a publisher. I am a, I'm a poetry coach as well, and I am also a theater director. But all this for me, it is all hinged on wanting poetry to grow. So for every other artistic expressions that I do, everything, like the teaching, the, the directing, the publishing, all that is geared towards making poetry popular. Wow. I get that now. I really get it. Uh, and now, since you mentioned about publishing, I have a book of yours here, the headline that morning. It's quite yes. a wonderful book. And um, I'm really, I read through the entire book and um, I, w- I had an opportunity to be part of the performers when it was put on stage to be performed. And that's yes. really, really nice. But for our dear listeners, they, they may maybe want to know, I mean, the headline that morning, I mean, what is the story behind this book? Why did you choose to write and publish this exact book and have a title yeah. of the headline that morning? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, that is a book that took me seven years to write. It, 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 the, poems were the poems that I wrote across a space of seven years. And, um, but after my university degree, uh, as you can imagine, my parents were not happy with my choice to become a poet because they didn't know how poets make a living. Now, also me, I did not know how poets make a living. But one of the things that I thought was important was I need to have a book. I always dreamt of being a published author. And so I, I, I started being deliberate about producing a book. But my experience of being a poet who performs in theater, I also knew that, you know, books were not popular. 
and, and but one of the ways that I could sell my books is by creating a new audience. And that was by making my works accessible to people in theater, by performing my poems in theater. So all the years that I was writing, I was also performing, and uh, and all this for me was geared towards you know being deliberate about creating a market of consumers of my works. And so in 2014, in 2015, I approached a, a friend of mine called Nyana Kakoma. She had just finished her publishing course in South Africa and come back to Uganda. And I wanted her to recommend to me some people who could help me edit my work where she was. And then she told me, but Kagari, why, do you, why are you looking onto the outside world? I am going to start a publishing house. If you're patient, we can work on your book. So I'd, I'd started writing poems in, 20, in, 20, in 2009. And so I said, okay, fine, I'm not in a hurry. And if you're willing to, you know, to publish my work, there you go. But we did not have a title. In fact, the title that I wanted for that book was different. Even for her, the title that she wanted for the book was also different. But we all knew, we all liked the title, the headline that morning. But it was not our first choice. So in 2016, uh, when, we are, when, when now the book is getting ready for... We, we, now we have come to the finalities. We are preparing the poems and the marketing strategy. We had to come down to a title. And after we both disagreed with our personal choices, the headline that morning was there for, for and it is the one that we had actually had first agreed upon. And it is the one that we chose. Now, personally, uh, I liked the title of the headline that morning because of the content of the book. The content is about uh, what I call social poetry. Social poetry that is based on, on, on news, on the things that we hear on our radios, things we read in the newspapers, things on television. Because as a poet, I am a, I am, I am a, I am a political, social, and cultural commentator. And most of the poems in the book were about that. Yes, there is a poem inside called the headline that morning, but even the other poems in the book, they, they are really about, you know, for me, they, they explore the role of a poet in society. So the, the title was perfect. But even, but even more so, the book is also prophetic in ways because it has these prophetic poems. Uh, and, and so the title, the headline that morning, can be read uh, in the past. It can be read as a past tense. It can also be read as a, as a present future tense. You know, the headline that the headline that morning or the headline that morning. So we really liked how it was, for us, we, we called it a title that is a time travel. You know? And because that is what the, the poems are about, uh, and, and that is what we wanted the, you know, the, we also wanted the readers to, 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 to easily relate, you know, what happens in their societies to the poems that are in the book. So that is briefly the story. Make sure to leave a review. This makes our day and fuels future episodes. Hear my true story. Okay. And then you talked about a social, poly, a social poetry. I mean, yes. could you maybe break down for them, for the listeners to know 
poetry in a general thing why did you exactly choose shosho poetry and not any other form of poetry um i i i, I don't know why I, it, it was not a choice i made deliberately mm. i don't know i i am um, i think i grew up I, me i was raised by teachers i was raised my I, my mother is a nursery school teacher my father is a primary school teacher uh, but my father always bought newspapers every time he was coming home every day in fact my brothers and my siblings and I used to fight for the newspaper when 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 Mustafa comes back home like this the first thing you look for is where is the newspaper we loved reading and so i grew up always paying attention to what is taking place in my country uh I, and at school, even from primary, we would have debates about politics, about society, based on what we see in the news. At home, we used to watch news as a family, whether it is on radio, whether it is, uh, it is on television. So for me, the thing of information, uh, public information, as fed to us through journalism, was an important way of understanding the affairs of my country. Now, when I went to the National Theatre the very first time, to watch that poetry show one of the reasons i decided to well one of the one of the reasons i desired wanted to be like those poets i was seeing on stage was because they were reciting poems that were social commentary they were talking about things that were happening in our country and i was moved i was like wow and so for me I wanted to be a lawyer to cause social change I realized that being a poet was even a more honest way because it is a, it is theater you, you are allowed to express yourself you know nobody's judging you and so when I started writing uh, I remember I, I started writing like Shakespeare those classical poets that we wrote in school uh, we read in school I, I was writing poems about love and flowers and nature until 2012, when oh, now I was a member of the, of the Lantern Meet of Poets, and in 2012, Uganda was celebrating 50 years of independence. And my friends and I asked ourselves the question okay, now our country is celebrating, you know, half a century of independence, but what does this independence mean to us as young people? What does it mean to us as Ugandans? And so we started writing, that was the first time we were deliberate about creating poems that are about, that are social commentators, because we wanted to prepare a show on Independence Day, a poetry show. We, unfortunately, we did not do it uh, in October, on October 9th, which is our date of independence. We did it in November. But even then, we wanted our audience to know how we feel, how we think about this, you know, this abstract thing called the Ugandan identity. And so it was between that time, it was during that time that I wrote some of my even most popular poems up to now. So it was then that I wrote the poem in 2065. It is when I wrote the poem, The Country You'd Rather Not Know About. It is when I wrote the poem, The Audience Must Say Amen. It is when I wrote the Bench Wanuka poem. 
and some of those poems are still some of my most popular up to today. When I wrote those poems, I let go of all the schooling that I had been taught on how to write poems, on the meter, on the rhyme. I, I started writing as Kagai. I, because I was very, uh, I was very passionate about the things I was writing. I, 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 I wanted people to understand how I felt about what was going on in our country, about the corruption, how the independence is, is, is a hoax, it is not a reality. And so for me, from that time up to now, I, I found it easier to express my love, to express my patriotism through writing social comment, social commentating poems. And that is up from, from 2012 up to now, now 10 years, I have been mostly, mostly writing uh, poems that are about uh, society in, in, in its various angles. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And I'm really, really, I mean, I, I looked at the book and I saw a chapter where there's freedom is, and I really feel like it is a lot of uh, political kind of poetry that you do. And then mm. I want to ask you the next question. Yes. But this is going to be in our second part of the conversation. And for that reason, I would like to say the, our dear listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening to us on this wonderful first conversation of Kagai and Otako as we talk about poetry, politics, activism. But in the next session, we need to know more about what inspired Kagai to definitely go in for activism using poetry. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true story. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.